Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, who was down in Florida this past weekend for the final two rounds of the Supercarts USA Winter Series. That's what we're focusing on here today. And as you know, if you've tuned into our debriefs, really it's our audio review of the event that just happened as part of the EKN Trackside Live program. David, and myself normally down together at races, of course, all the weekend coverage that we do on social media, race reports, you name it. Those as well go out in the email bulletin, the EKN News Desk bulletin. But for those of you who love podcasts, this is the way to get up to date. All the inside scoop of everything that happened at the most recent event. This is episode number 74 of the EKN Debrief. It's Tuesday, February the 16th, 2021, midway through the second month of the year and, of course, the season Firing up uh, all across the country, not so much in the in the northern climes. A lot of snow getting hit there. In fact, snow getting uh, arriving in Texas as well, which is blowing everybody away. Bottom line is, we have gone racing, and David's going to give us his update uh, from again the final rounds of the 2021 Supercarts USA Winter Series. This week's show presented by Parallel USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Perlin USA is North America's source for Perlin products, and they run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Perlin chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior drivers, and the 28-mil Mini Kart, for the cadet classes. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. All right, David Cole, you were trackside. Uh, crazy to me that you've never been to the track at Homestead before, but this was your first trip down to the AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. Got a chance to see uh, the, the racetrack there in Homestead. It's been around for a long time, and as I told you, it races really well. Never been to Miami. First trip to Seriously? Miami itself. Never, never have gone south, further south than Orlando. That's essentially it for me uh, in the state of Florida. So never been to Tampa, any of that. Uh, so first time getting all the way down south into sunny, warm Florida was a much needed break from the negative two degree or zero right. degree weather that we're having uh, last week and this week uh, here here in Michigan. So uh, yeah, it was much needed. Uh, very. Very uh, excited to obviously be to a new city, a new racetrack and, uh, for me and uh, get to experience the homestead experience. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, fourth season of this championship, the Supercarts USA Winter Series, beginning back in 2018, essentially installing what is the uh, say winter training, spring training, whatever it may be, to, uh, to gear up drivers in the IME categories for the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, which will, of course, kick off this year in late March back at NOLA, New Orleans, uh, and the NOLA Motorsports Park. Fourth season for the Winter Series, round three and four this particular weekend. One drop, four-round championship. David, uh, give us a little scoop. What was the weather like down there? I know that going in, I kind of talked about the fact that it was going to be perfect for you all weekend. I know you did get some rain. I followed on, along on social media. You said some rain did hit a little bit. But overall, what was the weather like? What was the racing like? Yeah, overall, weather was perfect. Uh, a little bit humid, more humid than you're used to, especially in the month of February. Uh, something you would expect come, you know, July or, or August in the, in the state of Florida. But so a little bit humid, but, um, you know, cloudy, 
here and there. So the sun would kind of pop behind clouds once in a while, but warm temperatures and, and the humidity was strong. So mid eighties all weekend long, windy a little bit at times, mostly on, on Sunday, but, uh, overall, you know, perfect, uh, racing conditions to, uh, to complete an event. Uh, we, as you said, we did have a little bit of a shower on Friday about midday. It was just a quick little, like two minute rain that, uh, came down and kind of disturbed yeah. uh, practice for a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, drivers sat out practice for, uh, for a session, uh, as we said, about midway through the day, uh, you know, everybody kind of ducked for, for their tents and took, brought everything back in for, for a quick brief moment, but, uh, the sun popped right back out and, uh, was sunny the rest of the day and, and rest of the weekend. So that was the only, only rain shower we got through, through Homestead. We know, uh, uh lots of rain was happening North of us in Daytona during the Daytona yeah. 500 weekend. So, uh, we were lucky to avoid a lot of that. Hey, take the opportunity to say shout out to our former, former Carter friend, Michael McDowell winning the 500. How cool was that? Well, I, it would have been cooler to watch it live, but uh, I was, I was sleeping as the majority of the people were. I probably. was too. I fell asleep too. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, very cool to see uh, McDowell uh, earn the victory. I remember meeting him because I know, obviously you know him from way back in the oh, day. Yeah. Uh, but I remember meeting him at uh, Sebring when he was racing, uh, uh, pro star Mazda, Mazda at the right. time. So, yeah. uh, uh, obviously he's, he's been in a number of different things, Daytona prototypes with, uh, Michael Valiante. And I believe it was shank racing at the time. Yeah. And he ran with uh Finlay motorsports as well too. That's true. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that, that was it. So, well, uh, yeah, funny. very cool. He, he never, uh, Michael never made the cover of shifter card illustrated magazine, but he was on the cover of former like our magazine. I called him the real deal back then. I think that was like probably 2004. So, uh, cool to see that 17 years later he ends up winning the 500. That's amazing. Yeah, 300 um, some odd races too in NASCAR. That's it. That's <laughs> it. So, so David, uh, racing wise, um, you know, one of the things we always wait to the end of the day of any event, right, on the PA, is to promote the fact that we haven't had any red flags. What, what was the racing like? I know I, I, I was watching a bit. There was one red flag. You said a driver had an incident at least once when I was watching. What what was the red flag situation uh, overall well, through the weekend? We actually had two red flags, both of them on Saturday, and ironically, both of them in the uh, KA100 senior category. We had the prefrontal cut short by, I believe, two laps, and we had the main event cut short by five laps with uh, a red flag coming out on that one. Uh, I was not able to get the uh, the driver names and conditions. Uh, both of the incidents were kind of mid-pack or further back, um, so it wasn't front runners that were involved in the incidents. Um, the one... The first one in the pre-final was uh, at the far end of the racetrack. Just again, you know, uh, that's something that not being at the racetrack before is seeing exactly what the the racetrack, how it is and, yeah. and what what you kind of the con- conditions that the racetrack, racetrack offers. is it, It's a lot narrower than what you would think being a parking agreed. lot race. Uh, yeah, agreed. A lot narrower, and the the curbs are gigantic. <laughs> I, you know, I just thought they were rounded off you know, wide curbs. These are not just rounded off. I mean, some of them come to a point at the top. It seems like, uh, these, these curbs are nasty and, and it's just, it, it, they, as you see, sometimes on the exit, they'll grab you. And that, I think that's what happened, uh, in this incident and somebody got sideways, nowhere to go when you're running in a big pack, like I believe they were, uh, in, in the, in that session. So, uh, guy kind of flew out of the cart and went, went, uh, up and over and uh cart went for a ride. The second one in the main event, uh, it's kind of the same thing came onto the 
front straightaway, hit the curbs, got sideways, smashed the barriers, and uh, a little bit of a concussion it looked like because the, the driver was not alert and ready to get up out of the cart once he uh, once he came to a rest. So uh, okay. yellow, the yellow flag came out, and then obviously a red flag uh, for, for the incident to yeah, bring so the, was, uh, medical attention one. there. Yep. So, uh, I, but Sunday was clear, you know, no issues, uh, a couple, a couple incidents here and there, but nothing major, uh, to the point where either a full course caution or red flag was needed. So, uh, racing wise, other than that, you know, it, it seemed to be, you know, not being at Homestead before, it's kind of hard to gauge it, but it seemed to be very aggressive. A lot of, uh, obviously a little bit more on Sunday as you typically see on a double round weekend, like what we had. Uh, but, uh, racing seemed, seemed to be aggressive guys were, uh, were trying to not necessarily bad aggressive, but just, you know, trying to make a statement, trying to make, yeah. uh, that progress. So, yeah. uh, I, I think that's kind of how, how the racetrack, uh, tends to race the way it's laid out being essentially 90 degree and, and 180 degree corners. Uh, yeah, that's you gotta all be you aggressive. Have. Agreed. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, David, let's cap off this section and talk about the by the numbers. Let's have a look at uh, at the numbers that we eventually ended up with down there. I know um, the first round was flirting. I think we were at 201 drivers at one point, and I think they ended up with 199 drivers actually, you know, take to the racetrack for the opening rounds of the Winter Series. 177 in total, uh, capping things off for, for round number two. So, you know, a drop of 22 drivers for the most part pretty consistent across the categories, little drop here and there. Masters up five. Uh, junior was exactly the same, KA100 Junior, an actual increase of three in KA100 Senior. But, you know, again, a pretty decent drop in X30 Junior. And, of course, the, the shifter guys just didn't show up this particular weekend. No, they they had five on Saturday uh, in total with the Pro and, and, and Master with two in pro and three in, in master. Unfortunately, Ken Schilling decided to sit out Sunday. Didn't even, didn't even make a session. So there was technically only four carts on track, uh, in that race group, uh, throughout the day on Sunday. So yeah, that's, that, uh, that's the area that hurt. And as you said, X 30 junior dropped a number of, uh, uh, competitors from the opening weekend, but, uh, across the board, the rest of the categories pretty much remain the same, uh, to kind of, emphasize why they were down uh, 22 uh, entries from the last weekend. Yeah, Micro Swift up, uh, you know, it was, it was still strong. It only dropped two, 30 in the opening round, 27. That's really good to see. That, that's uh, so the positive. Drivers, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the positive moving forward because For you're sure. looking at your mini and micro at nearly 50 drivers just there alone. Yeah. So you're looking at your next two to three, even five years of, of progression, having a number of drivers that'll be coming up and moving up the ranks. And again, X30 Junior had 34 last month. So that bodes well for possibility, you know, more coming into KA100 Senior or X30 Senior. Exactly that. All right, folks, we're underway with episode 74 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us a full deep dive into the event that he attended this past weekend, the final two rounds of the Supercarts USA Winter Series at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. Again, this show, uh, this week's show, brought to you by Peril in USA. When we come back on the other side, we'll jump into what will be the Paddock Pass. Stay with us. More to come. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Toady Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, 
and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs are available in 2021 for the USPKS and the Superkarts USA Pro Tour and Super Nationals with full product sales and service and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private, one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. Trinity Karting Group is also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and IAMI, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Welcome back to episode 74 of the EKN Debrief. We are reviewing the uh, final two rounds of the Supercarts USA Winter Series from Homestead. Now, giving David an opportunity to give us some of the insight away from the racetrack in this edition of the Paddock Pass, which is brought to you by Allenberg Racing Schools. Allenberg Racing Schools has operated exclusively in the USA since 2012 and is now the number one open wheel racing school in the country. The current race cars feature a carbon tub, racing slicks, front and rear wings, and onboard data acquisition combined with onboard video. One, two, and three-day racing schools are on offer, as well as corporate entertainment programs, manufacturer programs, and more. Allenberg Racing Schools is based at the world-famous WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Please visit www.allenbergracingschools.com for more information and to book your racing school. All right, David, uh, again, the paddock pass, uh, <laughs> there was literally nothing for me, hardly anything for me at the last race because I really just stayed in the uh, announcer's booth the entire time with the way things were with COVID. I'm sure you're probably in the same boat wanting to make sure we stay safe with the season uh, taking us to a lot of racetracks this year. But were you able to? what were you able to pick up? I know a lot. There was a certain things that kind of hit uh, we were able to talk with, but uh, what were you able to pick up paddock pass-wise? Well, obviously, going into the weekend, this was something we were going to look at and and follow 
a, a little bit as much as we could uh, with Supercar USA adding the Delarto um, slide carburetor to the IAMI SSE 175 engine. So that that is something we'll not only be what we watched this weekend, but throughout the year um, as this uh, new rule is in, is into effect now, uh, uh, essentially for the uh, Pro Tour in 2021. That's going to be kind of the big focal point, you know, how this uh, affects the performance of the 175 engine, you know, if, if it's uh, what the, you know, the competitors move towards rather than the, uh, the Tillotson carburetor that was essentially uh, designed for the engine originally. Uh, both carburetors still allowed, uh, but uh, Delardo is now accepted and uh, was used by uh, Harden uh, Motorsports Group, uh, Devin Smith Harden, along with Skitchy, Skitchy Bards in the Masters category. So it's kind of hard to judge. You know, obviously they were working with it uh, throughout the weekend. Just like any other carburetor, you got to find the uh, the sweet spot. And as as I said regarding the weather, very humid, always changing with uh, you know cloudy, then not cloudy. Uh, so it's kind of hard to uh, to gauge the carburetor settings for for the type of conditions that were down there. Yeah, the bottom line is there was a lot of people that we talked to, uh, you know, after the 125 could hit the ground running, and were people talking about the drivability of the engine, and pe- people said, "Man, um, you know, it'd be really great to be able to have the Delardo carburetor." And you know, a lot of feedback from the drivers and customers, teams, shops, and eventually Scusa electing to open it up. And you know, Lynn Haddock, you and I had a, a little bit of an email message with him, and he said they were asking for it. We had enough people ask for it, so you know what? Let's let's provide it. And we'll see what happens. We'll see if if this is the thing that uh, allows more drivers to come to some of these national events with the 175. They wanted the carburetor. They got it. Let's see uh, what happens after that. One of the things that we talked about in our Outlap preview podcast last week, David, as well, was the number of rookie senior drivers making their debut in X30. Uh, tell us a little bit about the drivers that were actually there to debut and how they how they did. Yeah, we talked about two in the in the outlap preview. That was Zillage and Park. So we were kind of gauging their performances over the weekend. Obviously, Zillage had a little bit uh, already a head start raced in the uh, WK Daytona Kart Week, but this was Park's uh, first uh, first senior event for him. He actually raced with uh, Ryan Perry Motorsport uh, as the Trinity Karting Group wasn't able to attend the event, so they were able to move over to. Uh, Ryan Perry uh, Motorsport tent, uh, but carried the the uh, TKG uh, race suit all weekend long. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it was a little bit of, you know, Zillage making a, a little bit of authority, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the race uh, preview. Park kind of had an up and down uh, rookie weekend, showed some speed, but uh, wasn't able to really uh, uh, get break into the top 10 uh, all weekend long. But uh, obviously, again, first first weekend for him. Uh, what we did learn, um, and when we got there Friday, was the addition of Brent Cruz to the X30 senior field. Obviously, he raced in the Pro Shifter as we uh, as we kind of covered in in January's event. Uh, the 12 year old now was doing double duty on the weekend, so he was racing both Pro Shifter and X30 senior category. So this was kind of his senior debut in the X30 division. Uh, yeah, one of the obviously one of the the talking points is Brent running both shifter and now into the into the X thirty class at just twelve years of age. I had a number of people message me about that. Uh, in in terms of Jace Park, actually was chatting with uh, Sean Bailiff this morning, talking about the fact that the team will make their official debut at Trinity Karting Group at the USPKS race at Ocala. I think they're gonna have fifteen people under their tent, so it's gonna be a, a good tent there. 
And they've also got a, at least a dozen drivers, I think, lined up for the Supercarts USA Pro Tour opener at NOLA Motorsports Park in April as well. Uh, rather in March. Uh, NOLA, David, NOLA Motorsports. Get it get it through your head. There's well, it's no not, more park. It's not, not, when, when did that happen? That happened la- at the end of last year. All right. Oh, man, that's going to be tough. I know. That's gonna I'm, be just, right. I'm just drilling it in your head right now. <laughs> that's going to be tough. All right. I'll work on that. I'm going to have to write it down somewhere. That's for sure. Put it in front of me when I'm talking. <laughs> Because that'll be tough. Uh, listen, overall, um, some looking at the numbers, right? We've had numbers in the in the, in the high, you know, the high two forties at, at the Winter Series before. This year, of course, number one, just thankful that they were able to get the racing underway. You know, the industry needs us racing. The teams need to be racing. You know, obviously, great as us as a sport, kind of being able to do it undercover a little bit. We don't have fans, so it's not like a crazy deal where we have a lot of restrictions. The the good folks at uh, at Homestead have have worked with the local uh, health authorities to make sure we can go racing. But still, David, the COVID nineteen restrictions, um, potentially some positive tests, whatever it may be, Canadians aren't able to come down on mass as they normally have been. That's obviously one of the issues uh, here in the Paddock Pass to talk about. That really the COVID nineteen restrictions have put a hurt on the numbers. Yeah, the restrictions have have kind of limited the international flavor of the Winter Series. Obviously, we used to. Uh, welcome drivers from Europe. That was a big yeah. feeding, uh, feeding into what was making you know this the the the, tr- the spring training because we'd have the the European drivers coming over to get ready for what was going to be their season over in Europe, whether it be just January or both competing in the January and February events. Indeed. So, um, you know, obviously, as you just mentioned, and and you ha- know firsthand is is the uh, the restrictions coming across the Canadian border and going back. So that uh, has limited the uh, the drivers coming down uh, from uh, Canada to compete in the program. We did have one Canadian there in Jensen Burnett uh, racing with uh, uh, Paraline USA. So he's, I think he's kind of hunkered down in the state of Florida over the uh, the last month or two. So yeah, uh, Thomas Nepfu as well, and and Thomas Nepfu as well. So uh, he's a, he was the other Canadian I think uh, that we had in the in the in the weekend, but. Uh, yeah. But also South America, uh, you know, not as many com- uh, competitors coming over from that uh, that region as well, too. So yeah, uh, that's part of the problem. And then also, you know, people coming down with positive tests. We had um, uh, mechanics that uh, had to uh, skip the event because uh, were tested positive and had to stay home and quarantine and, and hopefully get better, obviously, uh, as we as we do hope that, uh, you know, things go smoothly and well for those who who are tested positive, but uh, had to shuffle some some mechanics such as Eddie Jarzakrak stepping in for Mike Geeson uh, with Thomas Anunziata. Uh, so that was one uh, instance, and I'm sure there was a couple others as well too. Well, again, yeah, wishing those the best that, that have uh, come down with COVID that can uh, hunker down and, and get through it and, and get back out uh, into the world sooner or later. Uh, all right, folks, let's cap off this section of this EKN debrief. When we get back, it's time to start talking racing. Uh, after this break, we'll go X30 Senior and X30 Junior. David will give us the full race report from Homestead. The Supercarts USA Winter Series is now complete, and our racers are ready. It's time the 12th edition of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the sport's only coast-to-coast national championship series. Come challenge yourself against the best of the best and take your shot at the coveted number one plate. 
The 2021 Scusa Pro Tour kicks off on the March 26th to 28th weekend at NOLA Motorsports in New Orleans with the fourth edition of the Winter Nationals. Last year's event was cut short by the COVID-19 pandemic and we're excited to get back to Louisiana to take care of unfinished business. This year's Spring Nationals will take Scusa's drivers and teams to the Utah Motorsports Campus on May 21 to 23 at the popular facility located just outside of Salt Lake City. Newcastle Motorsports Park will again play host to the Pro Tour Finale, the 12th running of the Scusa Summer Nationals on August 13th to 15th. Registration for the Winter Nationals is now open, so head to motorsportreg.com and lock in your spot on the NOLA grid. We will see you there. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 74 of the EKN Debrief, as we take a deep dive into the race review of the final rounds of the Supercarts USA Winter Series in Homestead. The race report this week brought to you by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from, and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. All right, David, time to start uh, really getting into the meat of this deal. Let's talk about the racing. Let's talk about the competition. We'll start with X30 Senior, and here is the headline. You can fill in the gaps from here. Norberg grabs third straight X30 Senior Series title. Says it all. It, it, it doesn't say it all, but it does stay a pretty pretty uh, way to end the weekend. That's uh, that's what we came away with uh, when the weekend was completed because things uh, were wild and crazy up until the uh, the final checkered flag, and then after uh, up until the podiums were were confirmed and announced. So that was uh, it was a pretty quite interesting weekend. Right. Uh, but uh, but Norberg on Saturday it looked like the 2019 Norberg. Uh, you know, last year was obviously a different year for all of us. And with the Pro Tour being all at Newcastle, we didn't quite really see that Ryan Norberg Norberg that we saw in the four previous seasons that he won the, the championship. 
this one, this Ryan Norberg looked like he was there to to kind of try and dominate and, and score that victory that he hasn't had in well over a year. So um, uh, Norberg started out the weekend qualifying on pole and winning the prefinal, uh, setting up for uh, what was going to be look like to be a duel with Ari Demedjian right there behind him throughout the day. Uh, Norberg led early on till uh, Demedjian had a, just a little bit more in the final, was able to get by and hold Norberg at bay throughout the rest of the main event. And then so that allowed uh, Duke Medjian to score a second straight in the class uh, after winning Sunday's round uh, in January. So Duke Medjian crossed the line in first outboard the Cart Republic with Norberg in second, and Diego Ramos sitting there in third with his uh, 2021 debut uh, in the X30 senior category. Uh, Connor Zilich coming home in the fourth spot and Thomas Anunziat at P5. You mentioned both those drivers as we ramp things up. Um, hard charger, David, coming from 34th up into 12th after a flat tire in the prefinal. Sebastian Montoya on the Tony cart. That's a pretty solid uh, jump up at 22 positions. Yeah, one of the drivers entering the weekend uh, among the contenders in the championship. So that flat tire in the prefinal really hurt his chances uh, to battle. And as we moved into Sunday, that was obviously allowed for basically a two driver fight between Ryan Norberg and Ariz Medjian. So those two were the drivers to watch going into the weekend. Cause I want to say it was roughly about 40 points separating the two entering the final day of competition. Wow. Uh, okay. Sunday started out with Diego Ramos setting fast time in qualifying, but it was Ryan Norberg who came away with the pre-final victory. Uh, Norberg, and as I said, Norberg and Duke Medjian were separated by very little points. So essentially, it w- ended up looking like whoever was ahead of the other at the end of the main event was going to win the championship. So that was the story going into uh, going into the main event. Norberg was able to kind of get away uh, uh, a little bit, uh, had some separation with he and Zillage on his bumper. Uh, those two kind of got away. A slight little bobble by Norberg coming out of turn three allowed and open the door for Zillage to kind of capitalize and slide through to take the lead. Anunziata was trailing the two, and when that pass happened, that kind of opened the door for him to close in three to four cart lengths and then get by Norberg in the following corner in that second 180. Uh, that is uh, what would be turn number five, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, then that allowed Duke Medjian, who was sitting fourth at the time, to close up and eventually get by Norberg as well. So Norberg went from first to fourth in just a matter of moments. Uh, and essentially, that's the way the race ran, with uh, Zillage putting in solid lap after lap, finding just a little bit more speed than what he had on Saturday to claim his first victory in the X30 senior category at the Scusa Winter Series. Nunziata making it rookies 1-2 with a yeah. strong performance in second place. Uh, and as I said, Duke Medjian was sitting there in third, crossed the line in third spot position, but was handed a penalty for cutting the track after an incident, uh, I believe around lap two, that penalty essentially moved him from third to fifth. So rather than being in front of Norberg, moved him behind Norberg in the, cha- in the, in the results and also in the championship, wow. handing Norberg the, uh, the championship title by 15 points. Yeah, that's tough, man. And uh, I saw the video of that, uh, which is interesting. Um, yeah, tough one. It happens, right? You, you got to get back. What's the, the rule states? You have to when you when you come off the racetrack, you you, you got to get back on the track where you went off. If that, is that not correct? I I don't know the the I don't, I would obviously don't know all the rules, but essentially that is the rule. Um, 
you know, you, the, the way you look at it, he, he exited the track at turn five yeah, and re-entered at turn seven. Yeah. So you're essentially skipping the turn six and, uh, you know, math, you know, geometry shows that's a quicker line than. <laughs> that's right. That's a dust. You know, it's a triangle for sure right there. <laughs> now, and, and, you know, who's to say what would have happened if he would have gave up, you know, three, four spots to back to where he was yeah, when yeah. he exited the racetrack. So, you know, they could have said, you know, okay, yes, that that's not cutting. Pointed uh, a couple of guys by or something. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, but again, you do, you're in the heat of the moment. You don't, not quite sure exactly what's going on, what's happening. Uh, but again, that's with, a, with a facility like that, with the, with the way it's laid out, it, that used to be the racetrack. If you, if you recall, do you remember how that, that turn used to be a 90 because, because the, the, the curbing is still there. That turn used to be a 90 and it would go into a little S's and then hit the double right-handers. I don't remember that, honestly. That's hilarious. No. Okay. Yeah. All right, if, you do, you if, you, if you do a Google image of it, you'll see it. So that's oh, essentially all right. the, path, the path he took and went because there's no barriers there. There's nothing blocking it. Yeah. So boom, went straight through. On the side of the trees, right? There's those, there's those kind of trees in the middle there too. There used to be trees. There's no more trees there now. Are you sure? I thought I just looked at See, this is what happens when you take photos on the racetrack. You actually know what the racetrack does. This is true, David. This is true. I I I thought I saw looking at the video today. There used to be there used to be trees closer to where I'm talking, but I think they removed that. So there's a couple grass sections there still. But uh yeah, it's um dude, I trust you. You were there. It's uh yeah, it's (laughs) again, I you know, it you don't you're not quite sure what would happen if he yeah, if he waved a couple guys by. If, uh, you know, that would have negated the penalty or if they were still going to enforce a penalty despite, you know, uh, what happened. So uh, the penalty was handed down and unfortunately cost him a championship and uh, and uh, and handed Norberg his third straight. Yeah, I'm watching this right now. I'm watching rewatching the video. And yeah, it's not. You're, yeah, you're right. The trees used to be there, but the grass is still there. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, that'll do it to you. Wow. Hey, you know what? Bottom line is, it happened, and uh, and then there, you, when, when you do something like that, the race directors have to do something. Right? They kind of make a call. So it ends up being a 15-point uh, championship win for Ryan Norberg, Duke Medjian coming in second, Montoya 90 points back in third. Let's not uh, let's not count out the driver and and forget about uh, Tyler McIntyre, David, on the Burrell Arc chassis, up 20 spots, the hard charger for race number two, started back in 33rd, ended up driving up to 13th. Yeah, a little bit, uh, as we said, a little bit more of aggressive field on Sunday. So there was a little bit of attrition. So that kind of helped uh, with the uh, the 20 spots. And, a couple and what spots was the, there. Yeah, in the 22-lap race. But uh, still a good uh, good drive back up to uh, into the top 15 for McIntyre. All right, let's go to X30 Junior and the headline for the category. Four winners in four different rounds. Yeah, it's what you want to see in a competitive category such as X30 Junior. Uh, you have, a, as we we kind of talked about in the outlaps, a number of drivers trying to kind of stand out. You have a number of rookies that are trying to uh, make a name for themselves early on. Uh, but uh, in the junior categories, ironically, ended up being local drivers that kind of showed the way uh, for much of the uh, the weekend uh, in in both X30 Junior and K100 Junior. But in uh, on Saturday was Jacob Kolar in the uh, Ralph Schumacher chassis. Uh, leading the way in qualifying with uh, another local, Leonardo Hassan, in the Tony Kart, uh, winning the pre-final. Hassan was uh, was started out on the pole position, got pushed back to third with Kolar and and round 
uh, round two winner, Jeremy Fletcher, uh, able to uh, to push Hassan back. But uh, as the race went on, Hassan was sitting there in third, just waiting for something to happen. Once uh, Kolar, Kolar and uh, Fletcher began fighting for the victory, was able to go from third to first in the matter of a couple corners and uh, drive away to his first uh, series victory in the X30 junior category. Uh, Kolar ended up finishing in the second spot with Fletcher in third. Uh, Kai Sorensen drove his way to uh, the fourth position, was actually the hard charger of the race. Uh, broken coil wire in the pre-finals uh, forced him off the racetrack early on, so had to come up from the 22nd spot, got 18 positions to end up fourth yeah. in the uh, in the main event. So uh, Big. almost clinching the championship by that finish. So had obviously had to race on Sunday to kind of get to that those final few points. Uh, and Rowan Gill ended up uh, rounding out the uh, top five aboard the uh, Mike Doty Cosmic. Yeah, to get you know, anytime you have a good run like that from the back for Kai Sorensen to be able to get himself where he needs to be on the parallel, and like you said, almost was able to get the championship clinch on Saturday, but just needed to cap it all off on Sunday. Uh, kudos though to Leonardo Hassan uh, for the win uh, in round number three. Dave, move on to uh, to Sunday and Sorensen obviously coming out of the gate pretty strongly after that good run up through the field, qualified on the pole on Sunday morning. Yeah, with a championship on the line, went after the bonus points right away, so got that in the uh, in the qualifying sen- session for uh, those 10 points in that uh, round. But Paul Bocuse ended up becoming uh, the driver to be all day, came out uh, in the pre-final with the, with the – uh, the fists up and went up to uh, the front of the field right away and was able to score the victory and then went and led all 22 laps of the main event wow. to score uh, his first series victory in the category. Kind of a redemption because he was kind of up at the front all day Saturday till uh, an issue early on in the main event took him out of the uh, the fight for that one. So uh, a redemption run by leading all 22 laps of the main event. Uh, Sorensen and uh, Donovan Bonilla board the uh, Orsalon Tony cart. We're trailing him all race long. Great fat battle for fourth uh, behind them. Uh, ended up with Noah Baker scoring the uh, position ahead of Jeremy Fletcher at the line. Yeah, shout out to uh, Paul Bocuse there. He, when I was down there in January, came very close to getting a race win as well. Just made a little minor mistake and ended up losing that. Good to see him come out and really get that, what you know may, you may look at being a, a really crucial dominant win, right, David, to get out of the gate and, and get that done. I think it's crucial when you have a race like that. It really helps the, the confidence and the momentum. Yeah, carries the momentum because uh, he won both junior categories at the Rock Cup uh, Florida Winter Tour event uh, in, uh, where were they at? Uh, at the casino. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Papano Beach. Papano Al- Beach. Al- Al- casino. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, obviously he probably came in with, with some confidence and then Saturday having that issue probably kind of deflated him. So to come back and, and score that dominant Agreed. victory on Sunday, certainly going to help him move forward throughout the month and the rest of the year. Yeah, hard charger Michael Costello up 12 spots, started 19th, ends up 7th. Yeah, good drive for him. Again, it a little bit uh, chaotic behind the the top three. A lot of fighting. So I believe Costello was right there trailing uh, that be- that that fight for fourth. Kai Sorensen ends up with that championship, and again coming off that really strong run on Saturday, really setting things up on Sunday, allowing him to come out of the gate. And one thing I always say about qualifying on the pole, you'll take the ten points; they're great. But especially the championship battle, and especially on the final day you're taking those 10 points from somebody else as well. So if you qualify on pole, you're getting it. But the guy that's trying to battle you, 
you're making sure he he doesn't get those 10 points. So kind of a double whammy when you get to qualify on the pole. Uh, Fletcher back by 80 points to finish second overall in that big win on uh, on Saturday, helping Leonardo Hassan work his way into third in the championship points. All right, another quick break. I was going to say, and again, all these points are unofficial. They're my points. They're not <laughs> Supercards USA points. Want to get that out there because yeah. uh, I don't, don't know. know if, David. I don't know if any, if they, I know they were calculating them, but I don't know if they published them anywhere. So I just wanted to make sure that. Uh, we should probably do that at the very top. We'll have a disclaimer that we'll do at the very start of these yeah. things, right? Well, yeah. I just did it now. <laughs> okay, good man. That's it. That's right. All right. Get, again, into a quick break. We'll come back with this uh, race report section brought to you by Acceleration Kart Racing on the next segment, KA100 Senior, KA100 Junior, and X30 Masters. Located in Mooresville, North Carolina, on-site at GoPro Motorplex, Kart Sport North America features over 6,000 square feet of retail space. Along with being the official race team and distributor for the Kart Republic chassis, they offer full retail sales, kart service and storage, and products from the top brands in the sport, such as CZ Chain, Talon Sprockets, SKF Bearings, and Prisma Tire Gauges. If you want to take your racing to the next level, they also offer driver training and coaching programs available trackside at GoPro Motorplex. They have a massive inventory, so head to their online store at kartsportna.com to get same-day shipping of the parts and components that you need. While you're there, check out their used section of carts, engines, parts, and accessories. Kartsport North America, top quality products, winning brands, and professional driver development services. Are you ready to make the jump from karting to race cars? Then check out the top-rated Allenberg Racing Schools at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in Monterey, California, led by former Formula One World Championship driver Alan Berg. Whether you're starting a racing career, looking for a new adventure, honing your driving skills, or seeking an unforgettable experience driving the world-famous corkscrew, our team of professional coaches and proven curriculum will provide you with everything you need to drive our race cars to the limit. Programs in 2021 include one-day, two-day, and three-day schools. Successful graduates earn their certification to apply for a SCCA racing license. For schedules and more information, check out our website, allenbergracingschools.com, or call us at 888-722-3220. Custom group and corporate programs also available. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network and our EKN debrief from the Supercarts USA Winter Series Finale from Homestead. David Cole uh, giving us the update, everything that happened trackside. Again, into the race report here now, our sec- section, uh, second segment of the race report brought to you by uh, Acceleration Kart Racing. Dave, let's move to KA100 Senior. Pretty good field of KA100s, as you had mentioned, 31 in total on the weekend. Here's the headline, Dramatic Weekend with Duke Meggie and the Champ and Nunziata first victory. Yeah, this this headline was really tough to write because there was just so many different stories uh, throughout the weekend in this category. So it was kind of hard to kind of pinpoint one or two drivers yeah. because there was a lot going on throughout the weekend. Uh, going into the weekend, Hannah Greenemeyer was the championship leader despite not winning either of the rounds in January. She actually came out qualified on pole position for Saturday. Uh, but Dumejian had just a little bit more than everybody else uh, once we got into racing, came out, won the pre-final, 
and then went away and went wire to wire in the main event for the victory. He had Brandon Lemke and uh, Nolan Allison tra- trailing him throughout the race. Neither of them were able to make a move on Dumejian, uh, and essentially was it was ironically a boring race for this category. But everything behind them was was chaotic and a little bit uh, a little bit of fun to watch. And again, this one was ended early because of a red flag. Uh, so it could have shaped up in the last five laps, but still nothing nothing really happened uh, up until the red flag. But uh, So Lemke ended up finishing second, Allison in third. Uh, Greenemeyer fell back to fourth with Aiden Levy uh, finishing in fifth. I actually had a chance to chat with uh, Mike Rawlson today. We're setting up for our face-to-face uh, interview that we're going to do uh, on Wednesday tomorrow with uh, Chase Hand and Ryan Norberg, a couple of Rawlson Performance Group champions from the Winter Series. And, and David, uh, Mike told me that uh, Hannah actually injured her ribs in, in the racing on Saturday. I don't think that she. I don't think she raced on Sunday, did she? Again, I was going to get into that on Sunday, but you, we'll get that. So there, you, you, you jump. You jump the whole shot. <laughs> well, but it was a Saturday injury. We'll talk about. You can of course exp- ex- expand on it. Uh, hard charger. In race number one for K100 Senior on Saturday was Thomas Anunziata, uh, up 13 spots, 29th to 16th. This is going to set up for the entire weekend because overall, just a great weekend for Anunziata. You'll talk more, but an issue in the pre-final means that he's got to work hard coming from deeper in the field. Yeah, needle in the carburetor broke uh, while he was towards the front of the field in the pre-final. He tried to make it work, tried a couple times it would go, and then would shut back down again. So uh, had to pull off eventually. Uh, so charged his way up from 29th to 16th, gaining 13 spots in the uh, cut short main event. So uh, All right, roll right crowd. into Sunday. What do, we, what do we got? So into Sunday, uh, Duke Medjian had the championship lead following uh, the action on Saturday. So coming out and gaining the top 10 points again in the uh, qualifying session kind of helped things move along uh, towards his almost essentially locking up the championship moving forward. Again, as you said, taking the 10 points and keeping it from somebody else, getting it uh, came out and won the pre-final, but uh, was handed a 10 second penalty for manipulating the start is the quote from uh, race officials. So that dropped him from first to eighth uh, in the pre-final order, giving uh, Nolan Allison the, uh, the victory in that race. Now manipulating the start, you're asking, <laughs> what, ask. <laughs> what the hell is that? Um, Essentially, it's brake checking everybody at the start. So it's not maintaining a consistent pace up until the punch-off cone. So it's kind of like the on-off type scenario that you like to do when you're driving a rental car. (laughs) Um, Not as drastic as that, but um, essentially where you're bottlenecking up the field, people are slamming into back of of each other. You know, it's just, it's kind of like a a bottleneck type scenario. I get it. Um, This wasn't the only class or, or, driver that was caught with it uh other drivers were caught with it uh throughout the th- most of sunday because it was something they noticed on saturday saturday so they kind of addressed it like you know what we need to stop this uh so it it's it's i guess it's one of the things when you start closer to turn one it's something that can happen but it, it's not something that we've seen a lot of but it, it was something we, we did see a lot of this weekend i don't know if it was something that you noticed at all uh, during the January weekend, but uh, guys were playing games with one another. That's for sure. 
Well, I'll tell you this, David. I wish I could tell you. You sat in in where I worked in the in the booth there, and you, so you'll know this now. Going in the cl- counterclockwise direction, you could see the start coming down the straightaway. In the other direction, I couldn't even see the the first corners, the last corners, right? Because people where people stand right there in the tower, uh, beside the not even tower, beside the container, because I'm I'm on ground level announcing there. I couldn't see the first corner. I couldn't even see the start because people are standing there. So I never did see any of the starts, so I can't comment whether or not that was happening uh, back in January as well. Um, let's go to the main event, though. You say uh, Allison started, Nolan Allison starting on the pole position, uh, able to get out to the lead. Uh, Thomas Nunziato kind of stepped well, things up well, at that well, point. Well, well, no, stop, stop. You're jumping ahead. Let me let me talk. Let me talk. <laughs> what, did, what did I jump ahead on? So, so Dugmejian, with the penalty... Dropped him down to eighth, correct? I thought you already, I thought you already said no, that. Sorry. No, no. Well, there's you got to you got to continue on with 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 that story. Right, uh, so when you're starting eighth rather than first, you're kind of in the middle of the kind of chaos that happens uh, when you're not out front. Uh, lap two, some contact coming out of the one in the corners, kind of shuffled things up a little bit, and then going in and turn one, more contact. Duke Medjian and Gia Cicero into the wall, out of the mm-hmm. race. All right. So. Now, when I talked about going into Sunday, Duke Medjian had enough points to almost kind of had the championship wrapped up. Well, thankfully, no disqualification. He was able to come away with the championship, even though he ended the uh, the race in the wall. So so essentially, everybody was kind of racing for the victory. It wasn't more so for, oh, for the championship going into uh, the, the rest of the main event. So, uh, yeah. So as you said, Allison started up on the pole position, kind of led early on. Uh, but Annunziata, as you kind of kept talking about in January and and we kind of mentioned early in the show, this show uh, really had the pace throughout the weekend, was able to get by Allison and take control of the lead with fast laps of the race and uh, drive away to his first victory in the, uh, in the series. I think if you go back and listen to the outlap preview podcast from last week, he was, he was the guy I said to watch out for too. And in Ziyadi, he had such a good weekend in January and cool to see him step things up and, and grab a victory I, here on Sunday as well. I think he had what three hard chargers in this category. I think he had both, both <laughs> last, both yeah. in January and then Saturday. So uh, yeah, so I think that uh, that kind of bodes well for him. We always say though, you, you never want to get the hard charger. No, because it means you have to start at the back, <laughs> right? Of right. course. Speaking of hard charger, this particular one here, nine spots up for Greg Campo, started twenty first, ends up twelfth. Yeah, and I didn't go over the top five. Sorry. So uh, Allison finished up in second. Uh, but a penalty for, uh, again, manipulating the start Ooh, really? uh, dropped him down to the fifth position. That moved Aiden Levy. So we had two senior rookies, one, two again. Man. Uh, Lemke ended up finishing in third. Connor Ferris finishing in fourth. So in the championship points, as David said, uh, no issues on the final day for Duke Medji. And I assume that's obviously his drop. He ends up winning by 40 points over Lemke and uh, Hannah Greenmeyer, which you haven't brought up yet, David. No, I was going to when we talked about this. Sat out on Sunday, using Sunday as her drop, 50 points back. Yeah, as we uh, as you kind of mentioned, rib injury uh, suffered Saturday. She tried to make it a go on Sunday, uh, essentially pulled out of KA uh, after qualifying. Uh, so she didn't make the start in the pre-final or final, uh, but, but used that uh, used uh, Sundays as a drop. So ended up still finishing third in the championship chase. Uh, and again, she tried to go for X30 senior, but ended up pulling off uh, for that category as well, too. Well, you mentioned it, David, that the curbing is pretty aggressive at Homestead. We talked to a lot of drivers that have been there for the first time. And man, they're saying even Scott Bards, when I talked to him last last January, he normally doesn't use a rib protector. 
ran like the first practice day and then came into the guys at Harden Motorsports Group and said, we need a, a wider seat because I got to get my rib protector on to get it in here. It's a, it's a tough racetrack. It's physical for sure. It's a physical. I wouldn't say it's a tough. I would say it's a physical racetrack. Because again, tough. it's physically tough. Yes. Yeah. Because again, it's 90s and 180s. I mean, how hard can it be? But you're talking narrow tracks, so you're using a lot of the curbs going through the apex and you're, you're using carb when you mess up on the exit. So, uh, yep. And then those exit, those exit ones really grab you that the, yeah. the, the apex ones hurt your body physically, but the, uh, the, the exit ones really, uh, grab your attention right away. All right, let's move to the KA 100 junior category in the headline local driver Lloyd doubles up. As I said, you know, junior drivers, it seemed to be a, a locals that uh, that shine throughout the weekend. And Colin Lloyd was one of those uh, essentially almost had a sweep on the entire weekend. Uh, pre-final on Saturday was his only blemish on that day uh, with Lloyd qualifying first. But it was Chase Hand, the championship leader going into the weekend that came out with the uh, the victory in the pre-final. Uh, he and Lloyd were essentially the top two drivers all day long, all day long. But uh, Lloyd ended up being just a little bit better in the final. Was able to uh, to come away with uh, with the victory, his first in the uh, the Scusa Winter Series, with uh, Chase Hand finishing in second. Behind them was a great fight for uh, it was actually a fight for second uh, as Hand lost lost ground with Lloyd, uh, came under attack by uh, Sebastian Weldon and Christian Miles. Was able to hold on to uh, the second position uh, when they crossed the line with uh, Luke Welcome finishing in the fifth position. Yeah, Luke uh, was a winner in the opening round, and uh, good for him to be back in the top five once again. Uh, where are we here? Let's, uh, yeah, hard charger. Uh, Austin Jurors, 15 spots up, David, on the red speed, started 22nd, able to get up to seventh. Yeah, great drive by him. Not quite sure what happened in the pre final. Uh, I was, I'm assuming, a DNF in that race that put him in the back there, but uh, kind of knifed his way forward bit by bit and uh, position by position to get to uh, the seventh spot. Let's move to Sunday. You said only the really only blemish for Lloyd was the pre-final on Saturday. It looks like uh, based, just based on finishing, uh, able to, to dominate all three sessions. Well, it was a sweep once uh, once Tech and Scales were done. Okay, uh, Lloyd ended end. up Lloyd ended up qual- qualifying on the pole position and winning the pre-final. The main event uh, though was quite exciting. Uh, Christian Miles actually jumped out to the early lead uh, until Lloyd took took back the position. Uh, but Hand had really the long race uh, pace and was able to run down Lloyd late into the race and then grab the grab the lead and hold on to uh, to come across the line as the provisional winner. Uh, unfortunately, a pushback bumper penalty uh, for Hand took the uh, victory away, thus promoting Lloyd back to the top of the uh, podium and uh, earning his second victory on the day. Uh, overall, I'd have to look at the points. Is, is that... Is that so? He was so hand was second on Saturday, second on Sunday. And I think he had a, I think he had a P two finish in January. So was that three second place finishes to get the championship? Uh, no wins that that much yeah, I know. So no he, he pulled off the Norberg, uh, <laughs> able able to score the victory with no wins uh, on the on the on the the three rounds. Uh, ended up finishing second uh, round one. I'm not quite sure where he finished in round two, but uh, yeah. So three. Uh, th- two seconds and a third because with the pushback bumper penalty dropped to third behind miles on, okay. uh, on Sunday. Right. So uh, yeah, three, po- at least three podiums. Yeah. Pretty sure he was top five, at least top five in, in January as well in that second race. I'm not quite sure though. Um, 
Let's look at the uh, pushback bumper is always tough. Let's uh, look at the hard charger, another one, because he had one in January as well. Jesus Vasquez Jr. on the Charles Leclerc chassis up nine spots, started 22nd, which is the tail of the field, 22 drivers in the field, ends up working his way up to 13th. Yeah, contact again in the pre-final uh, pushed him off the racetrack and out of the race, so uh, that uh, put him in the back and a good drive uh, coming up to uh, to finish the 13th. David, as you said, very Norberg-esque last year in the uh, in the series. No wins for uh, for Norberg, and he was able to come away with a championship based on consistency. Same goes for Chase Hand, uh, wins the championship over uh, over Lloyd by forty six points. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look at the results here from round. <laughs> You're taking two. your way back, good man. Yeah, uh, it's, you keep looking. No, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. He finished third, third in round two. So, oh, second, third, uh, so second, I think third. He, I think he's got. Yeah, he had four podiums on the. Uh, wow. On the round, so a great a great debut for him. Uh, obviously, his first national program. Been doing a lot of regional racing in Northern California and throughout California. So uh, you know, joining the Rollison Performance Group for the 2021 season, working with Selican, Austin Garrison, Ryan Norberg, all the other coaches that are under the tent there. So, and of course, this guy named Joey Hand. Yeah, yeah, but he remember he's just dad at this point. Yeah, Joey Hand, of course. Well, uh, he wrench too. He's you know Joey's doing all the wrenching as well too. So uh, so it's not just dad. Come on, now. I like it. I like it. He's, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some coach and heading back to the hotel. There's no doubt about it, right? Well, that that was a good moment. I think it was after the. Uh, I think it was after the final on Saturday when uh, before they started tearing you know stuff down in tech. They were sitting there having a nice good conversation about what had just happened. So obviously, yes, there's 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 coaching going on from dad for sure. Yeah, Joey, of course, one of the American superstars, uh, ran DTM, Atlantic Championship, of course, one of the top uh, sports car stars as well in the IMSA program, and uh, and uh, again, but still having fun. He's got his, his son coming racing and, and having a great time at the track, so good to see them there as well. But again, big championship for Chase Hand, consistency for podiums, as David said, equating to the championship in KA100 Junior. All right, David, let's cap off this segment with a look at X30 Masters. Really one of the only, I think the only category that grew. No, KA100 Senior add three more. But went from eight to 13 drivers in X30 Masters. Hoping that's, I hate to say hoping because I shouldn't do that. <laughs> but wondering if someone could finally beat Renato Jadre David. And here's the title, folks. So they, the answer to the question. Streak extends to 11 with four titles for Renato Jadre Davy. This guy is unbeatable right now in Florida. Oh, unbe- unbeatable is almost not even the word. It's just almost unstoppable. Uh, yeah. You know, there throughout the weekend, he was P1 throughout the weekend. So that's essentially the wrap up. Uh, he, nobody, nobody was able, <laughs> nobody was able to, uh, to relinquish him of the top spot. So essentially went wire to wire in both pre-finals, both main events setting fast time at both qualifying sessions. There looked to be a little bit of, of a challenge on Sunday, a little bit, uh, by William, uh, um, see, Isaiah, Isaiah, there it is. Yep. Isaiah. Uh, we thought there was going to be a little bit more on Saturday, but nothing ever transpired. Uh, so Isaiah was the only one to kind of keep them close, but, uh, eventually Renato Jotter David, pulled away to a solid victory uh, on Sunday. Kind of the same thing on Saturday, pulled away early on. Uh, Miguel Mir made his first start in the series on the, on the year, ended up finishing second ahead of Isaias. Isaias, yes. Uh, so that was that race. Uh, and then Sunday again, you know, sweep, swept it again. Uh, Mir actually had contact uh, early on in the, in the main event, came off the last corner, 
and uh, kind of started doing the Buck and Bronco thing over the curbing and uh, ran into the wall, unfortunately ending his race there. Uh, so that kind of opened the door up for, for second spot with Isaiah in the second spot. Uh, so I'll give you the wrap up here on uh, on Saturday for round number three. Renato Jader David with the win. Miguel Mir second on the Expre for crosslink competition. Uh, William Isaias in third spot. Luis Cordero, one of the other drivers who challenged uh, Renato back in January, finishing in fourth. And Michael Oriema rounding out the top five sweep of the day, as David had said for Renato. Dan Breitenstein on the Burrell with the hard charger after a pre final wreck started tenth, ended up in seventh. And on Sunday, uh, David with the win, Isaiah and Cordero, just like back in January, second and third. Ariel Castro, David, a Sunday starter on an EOS, finishes fourth. And Oriema, his second top five of the weekend. Yeah, Ariel just said he was bored, so he decided to race. Um, you know. <laughs> I love it. Great Good to do that. But, uh, you know, kind of to wrap things up, you know, as you as we said in the points, you know, Renato Yadar David earned a fourth straight title. Now, when you look at this program that's four years old, Renato Yadar David has 13 victories in 16 of the main events Man. with all four titles and to his credit. So, uh, wow. you know, unstoppable is almost the word because he had Derek Wang, um, uh, PK in 2018. Yeah, Derek Rodrigo PK. Yeah. yeah. Rodrigo PK beat him in 2019. That was the, the round one. So since, PK beat him. He's won every main event since then. That's the 11 win streak that he's got going. Uh, Derek Wang, and I'm trying to think who the other one was. It might have been Scott Roberts were the only drivers to uh, beat him that, that rings in a bell. 2018. So, uh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, so essentially, if you're a master's driver and you want to beat the best, uh, screws the winner series, that's the place to go uh, in 2022. Yourself. Agreed. Huh? Agreed. Uh, Francisco Marquez on the Tony card up five spots from 11th to six hard charger of race number two on the weekend round round four overall on Sunday. Uh, Renato Jader David with the championship win. Uh, William Isaias and and um, Luis Cordero finishing second, third in the championship battle. All right. Another break in the action. When we get back. It's time to talk pro shifter, master shifter, mini swift and micro swift. You want the best, you just gotta roll with the best. Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from StreeterSuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but karting's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstands has over 30 continuous years of experience. Brick cart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreeterSuperSands.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperSands.com. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perlin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races with the aim of enhancing the research and development process 
immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIKFIA Asia-Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world. And it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro De Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Welcome back to another edition of the EKN Debrief, our race review podcast and the event uh, that we're discussing today, the final two rounds of the Supercarts USA Winter Series from Homestead. Uh, again, the race report this edition brought to you by Acceleration Kart Racing. David, let's jump into Pro Shifter and the headline, Cruise Goes 4 for 4. That pretty much, you know, kind of like the last class, that uh, pretty much says it all. Brent Cruz able to dominate on the weekend, scoring P1 in every session in the category. Unfortunately, only one other driver to compete against, which was Devin Smith-Harden aboard the HMG Comp Cart. Uh, Harden was able to get a couple hole shots, uh, was able to kind of keep close in uh, in the uh, pre-final and finals, but uh, unfor- you know it ended up being Cruz with the uh, scoring the uh, the dominant victories in in all four races on the weekend. Uh, so again, four for four for Brent Cruz uh, as he uh, claims his first championship uh, in the shifter cart category. Let's go to the master shifter class now. In the headline: Remrev defends home turf. Yeah, 60-year-old with a lot of laps at the Homestead facility. Uh, was excited to race a driver like uh, Scott Skitchy Barnes uh, both weekends. Uh, was really excited about it. Uh, Barnes uh, had the pace to be there and compete all weekend long, kind of similar to what you saw in January. Unfortunately, uh, errors by Barnes throughout the weekend kind of uh, kept us from seeing a good battle all weekend long. Uh, Barnes did end up qualifying P1 on Saturday, but uh, Remrev was able to uh, to score the the victory in the prefinal. And what was setting up to be a good race in the main event ended with a spin and a broken seat mount for Barnes uh, to allow Remrev to a clean run to the checkered flag. Uh, Ken Schilling actually drove uh, all day on Saturday, ended up finishing in third. Uh, only two drivers on Sunday with Barnes and Remrev uh, competing. Uh, Barnes again, quickest in qualifying was able to score fast lap, but, uh, an error in the pre-final cost, uh, Barnes any chance of a win in that race. And again, another spin in the main event cost Barnes any chance to battle with Remrev as he drove away aboard his CRG to a third victory and the championship in the category. There you have it. Uh, let's go to mini swift now on the headline. Weldon and Vidmontien win as Orjuela scores title. Orjuela had the momentum going in, uh, scoring both victories in January, so kind of all eyes were on him. He ended up setting fast time in qualifying, but it was Oliver Weldon to uh, to score the, the victory in the prefinal after Orjuela got shuffled to the tail of the field in the prefinal but was able to drive himself back up into the top 10. So that was kind of the story going in. How many points is he going to score having uh, that momentum and that championship lead going in uh, out front though, in the main event, it was kind of a, a three driver, three, 
two driver battle. Uh, Vid Montien was one of them was leading uh, until he retired early towards the end of the other of the race that allowed Weldon to kind of drive away off to uh, his first victory in the category. Luis Umana ended up finishing in second with Jensen Burnett aboard the Perlin in third. Orwella was able to get himself up into fourth late in the race, working past Carson Waters for the fourth position. Uh, was that enough at that point for Herwela? Did he uh, was that enough to score the championship? I don't. I didn't look at the points at that point. I was going to talk about that on Sunday, but since we got to talk about the Charger first, Rob Bird Charger. All right, <laughs> dude, let me let me quarterback this. I know, but your quarter, you're, you know what? No, you're quarterbacking I, like a Bears quarterback. I you're asked you. Well, that's very true. Either that or Michigan. Either that or University whoa, of Michigan. Whoa, whoa, now you know you're hurting a blow. Tom Brady, go, come on now. Come on. A hard charger, Stephen Miller Seven on the energy rings. chassis. Up, <laughs> up 13 spots. Uh, started 22nd, ended up ninth. So good run for Stephen Miller there. Again, getting himself up into the top 10. David, there you go. Now you I'll can see. ask a question. Here, come, here comes a softball down the middle of the plate. Give me the update on Orjuela. What happened on Sunday? So calculating the points Sunday morning and not seeing him out for qualifying led me to believe that Orjuela had enough points. And in fact, he did. There so Mateus was able to uh, sit out Sunday's action, making sure there was no uh, unsportsmanlike or any other kind of defuse yeah. that could have taken the the uh, the championship away. So uh, Orwella kind of sat and watched along the fence all day long. That kind of opened the door up for you know everybody to kind of focus in and, and go after the victory. Unfortunately, Vidmontien had uh, other things in mind, uh, almost dominating the the, the day. Came out and set fast time in qualifying and won the pre-final, but uh, a uh, manipulating the start penalty dropped him to seventh okay. in the uh, in the pre-final, giving Weldon the win in that race. Uh, Vidmontien made quick work in the final, got himself up into the lead by lap two after starting seventh, and then from there drove away to a solid victory to uh, earn his first in the series. Weldon ended up winning the battle for second ahead of Sebastian Garzon, uh, Burnett fourth, and then Walters with another top five finish for her. Yeah, uh, and obviously some some big moves. We'll get to the char- – let's go hard charger first. Vivek Canthan on the Cosmic up 11 spots, started 19th up into 8th. David, looks like a, a pre-final DNF. Yeah, pre-final DNF. Uh, I'm not sure if it was contact or mechanical, one or the other. Well, uh, let's talk about Oliver Weldon then. Uh, a good good weekend for Oliver. Uh, wins the pre-final, uh, rather wins the final on Saturday and then finishes second on Sunday, able to jump his way up into the second spot. Arjuela, as you said, had it locked, but Weldon with a pretty good mini swift. Uh, actually, his debut, I think, this year. I think he was a rookie in mini swift coming on P2. And, of course, the win for Vid Montian, uh, elevating him to third in the championship when all was said and done on Sunday. Uh, I think while Weldon ran Pro Tour, he ran uh, Mini Swift last year. I think he was micro, though, last year at the Winter Series. It might have been micro at the Winter Series. I think. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking for you right now. All right. Because I believe they ran one, you know, they ran him, Sebastian and Oliver were running together all through Newcastle weekend, if I recall. Yeah, I forgot forgot that the Pro Tour was was two weekends. I know. I know. It it does kind of, you know, uh, it matches up my mind. It does. I was just telling that to somebody. I said, you know, because somebody was asking about my birthday. I'm like, yeah, now that I'm getting to the, the age where I used to to harass Howden about forgetting stuff, I'm almost like, yeah, now I understand. It makes sense. We're getting there. 
But yes, but Weldon ran, was the champion in micro last that's year. That's what I thought. I thought he was the champion too. That's right. There you go. And yes, David, David's birthday is tomorrow, folks. This is February the 16th. Tomorrow is David's birthday. Super get, getting old. So we'll start, we'll start allowing him the opportunity to forget things as I have. Three years from Supermaster. So. Wow. Yeah. And still 13 years from, no, not 13, eight years, eight years. You don't know eight math. years, eight years from legends. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> A new class. Uh, all right. Let's cap things off with micro Swift. Here's your headline. Harvick claims first major title. Pretty cool. That says it all. Yeah. We were yeah. hoping to see a double Harvick uh, victory, you know, one on, uh, obviously we had one Saturday and then we were hoping for another Sunday to, uh, to kind of have yeah. two victory trophies. But, uh, uh, Keelan did all the heavy lifting for the Harvick family <laughs> on the weekend. Uh, Keelan came in, uh, obviously as a championship leader with two victories in January, came out, uh, guns a blazing and qualifying was able to set fast time in that session. Uh, but the the field came to battle. Augustus uh, Toniolo uh, came out with the prefinal win, and it was a fight all all day long for the uh, for the top spot with you know three to four drivers in that lead pack all day long. Uh, it was a great fight again in the main event. Uh, but Harvick took over the lead early and was just, just loves to be out in the lead. That's one thing I noticed on the weekend. He, he loves does. to be in the lead. So yeah. Uh, yeah. was able to hold off uh, the rest of the field for. Uh, what was his third straight victory? Uh, Augustus Toniolo was second uh, with Gian Matteo Rousseau in third. So uh, two nitros on the podium with uh, the RPG Cosmic in the middle there. Uh, Alessandro Trucheau and the Perlin finishing fourth with Isaac Malcutt back from the uh, broken hand. Uh, said no no issues whatsoever on the weekend and drove to fifth uh, to begin uh, in his first uh, weekend back. Uh, hard charger in micro swift uh, round three on Saturday. Bronson Kustas in the parallel up 11 spots, started deep in the field in 22nd and was able to get his way up to 11th. Yeah, not sure what happened, assuming a DNF in the prefinal that put him back there, but a uh, good drive up to 11th. Uh, essentially, you know, one spot every two laps for, for that driver. So let's talk about Gia Matea Rosso, third on the nitro cart uh, on Saturday, David, but came out of the gate, qualified on pole on Sunday. Yeah, great speed in qualifying, was able to nip everybody for a fast time in the session. Pre-final, again, a great race. Rousseau just seemed like he, he wanted to lead. Harvick also wanted to lead, so it was kind of a great battle throughout that race uh, between those two, and it kind of bunched up the rest of the field behind him. Uh, that great fighting move carried over uh, into the main event, uh, but this time it was uh, Augustus Toniolo that uh, seemed to be the quick driver was able to secure, secure the spot late in the race uh, as they fought for second behind him, was able to drive off to what was a birthday victory for the 10-year-old. Nice, nice. Good for him. Uh, Malkit coming home in second, Harvick third. Uh, again, so three wins and a third place, four podiums for Keelan Harvick. Ethan Tovo on the Nitro, good run up to P4. Alessandro Trucheau on the Perlin, rounding out your, uh, your top five. And seven spot improvement for Nicholas Vila on the Cosmic, 21st to 14th, David, as the hard charger in race number four on the year, or on the uh, series uh, for the drivers in micro. Good job, job for Vila there. Yeah, Rousseau was actually in the top five, but a uh, impeding uh, three-second penalty dropped him out of the top five. That moved him to uh, the sixth position. So that's where the uh, the prefinal winner ended up. 
All right. Uh, Keelan Harvick with the championship, as we said, three wins. That's a pretty, pretty solid. Able to drop the third place on Sunday. Augustus Toniolo used that victory on Sunday to move his way up into second. And probably the same for Rousseau as well, getting those bonus points for, for qualifying and uh, the pre-final helping out him go to P3. Yeah, great little battle, like I said, all weekend long in this category. So th these drivers are going to be fun to watch as the season moves on. All right, folks, time to wrap things up here. Our final break in the action on this edition of the EKN Debrief. When we come up, we'll wrap it up. David will look at the Constructors' Championship. We'll let you know what chassis were able to score wins at Homestead. And finally, look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar for the months of February and March. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Spec Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. And the all-new IgniteKarting.com website provides you with the information you need to fuel your passion for kart racing. Ignite Karting is a spec kart that features the Margay Racing chassis with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the Junior, Senior, and Masters classes utilize the same Ignite K3 kart which puts all the emphasis squarely on the driver. You can race the Ignite package from Margay at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2021 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Quincy Grand Prix, and Newcastle Motorsports Park. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regional-based Ignite Challenge Series at tracks in Iowa, Missouri, Indiana, and Illinois. Local club programs have been established in Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Ohio, and Florida. All the information that you're looking for on events throughout the country and on all the Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, is available at IgniteKarting.com. Get off the couch and on the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. We're going to cap off this edition of the EKN Debrief. David, let's wrap things up from the Supercarts USA Winter Series rounds three and four at Homestead. Uh, fourth season in the books. Fourth season in the books. Again, you know, some some record set yeah, with uh, Renato Yadar-David with a fourth straight title. Ryan Norberg with three of his own. So uh, it's those two setting some records. We had uh essentially what this does though is set the tone for the 2021 yes, Supercarts yeah. USA Pro Tour so all the drivers we talked about with championships taking this momentum and uh hopefully carrying it over to what will be the Winter Nationals uh next month 
bunch of new names, David. I think we're interesting. You throw Chase Hand in there. You throw, obviously, Keelan Harvick, uh, Tony Olo, Thomas Anunziata stepping up as well. You got some rookies that were big, like Connor Zilich. You got some guys stepping up uh, to show well. And again, that precursor to what we're going to see on the Pro Tour. Yeah, Pro Tour, Brent Cruz jumping over to that category as well. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Freddie Remrev, he's he's excited. He's going to be at uh, at NOLA to race in the Masters shifter. So we'll see, again, we'll see, hopefully the Masters numbers grow once we get to uh, the Winter Nationals. But as you said, you mentioned a lot of new names that uh, are in the mix. Mateus Orwella, another one in mini. You know, he's going to be essentially the driver to beat uh, moving now throughout the, the season in the mini category. So that, again... That's what that's what this winter program does. It kind of sets the tone and, and either provides you with those drivers who are going to be early favorites as we move into what will be the summer season uh, or, you know, again, allows those drivers to kind of get comfortable with new homes and or new categories that they moved into. David, let's have a look at the Constructors Championship. Tony Card, another big weekend with seven wins. Yeah, overall OTK with with uh, what I say ten victories with Cosmic grabbing two and Red Speed ga- grabbing one. So uh, OTK uh, more than more than half the victories on the weekend. Uh, Duke Medjian picking up two for Cart Republic. Brent Cruz picking up two for Formula K. Well, uh, as we said, Freddie Remrev g- getting two for the CRG brand. While uh, Nitro Cart and Bennick each grab one. All right, folks, time to wrap things up here. EK and Trackside Live race calendar. Again, the uh, Trackside Live program this year presented by Cooper Tires. But this particular look at the calendar brought to you by AMAX Racing. The AMAX Racing operation is focused on driver development for carters of all ages. From top-level drivers to grassroots racers or families looking for a team that will help them achieve their goals, AMAX Racing can guide you with the absolute best trackside service at affordable prices. No matter the chassis, AMAX Racing welcomes you and has the experience to put you on the top of the podium. AMAX Racing, all of your karting needs under one tent. All right, David, well, I'm locked and loaded up here in Canada. When I do come south, I'm going to come south for four months with all the stuff that's going on with the COVID restrictions. If I come back from the U.S., I got to get a test at the airport, stay in a hotel for three days for a couple of grand, they're saying. Then I got to quarantine. I'm going to come down for the, the Winter Nationals and stay down for four months. Got a lot of races to cover while we're down there. You, meaning uh, you'll be by yourself for the next race too. Challenge of the Americas, our next event, February 26th to 28th, Cal Speed Karting. And I expect to see massive numbers for Cal Speed for this event. Well, we almost broke the record at uh, Phoenix in January. So uh, that 138 mark that, that we set last year at Cal Speed, in, which was essentially the series finale, in 2020 will, uh, I think more than likely be broken, uh, hearing a lot of good things about the event. Again, you get the Cal speed bump as of course. So, uh, add all that together, you know, maybe we're looking at 150 entries for that weekend. Man, that'd be amazing. Always, uh, always cool to see, uh, big fields like that, especially with the challenge of the Americas, Andy Saisman and the whole crew do a great job there. Speaking of record numbers, David, what do you think the odds are that, uh, the United States pro card series launches on March the 12th, 13th, and 14th at Ocala with its biggest ever race as well. That's another one that's going to set a new mark. You know, we did that yeah. last year with the USPKS. Uh, I keep hearing, you know, people were talking 300. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, <laughs> let's start with, let's start with 250. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know where we're going to find 70 more drivers that weren't there already last year. So, uh, you know, I, I, I want to say 250 is going to be the mark. So we're at least going to get probably 20 to 30 new drivers there. But uh, 
250 is the goal I've set out. Uh, but yeah, people are saying it's going to be massive uh, at Ocala Grand Prix in, in hey, less than a month. Anytime, David, we see big numbers, it's good for the sport, right? We want to get, let's get out and go racing, have fun, support the team, support the shops. And of course, the USPKS has done a great job over the last number of years to really settle in their program and uh, good for them to, to get a good launch at Ocala. That'll be the second weekend of March, as I said, 12th, 13th, 14th. Then at the end of the month, two weeks later, for I think the only time we'll have to do it this year, it'll be the split squad. Um, David will be at the Challenge of the Americas finale at Sonoma Raceway on March the 26th, 27th, 28th. As I said before, I'll be at the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Winter Nationals at NOLA Motorsports in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> Got to say that correctly. Uh, but David, will be at the end of March, we'll be doing a split run. You'll be over in California and I'll be in New Orleans. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to race like we did last time we were split. You know, you were racing the uh, the uh, the VLR right. there at Sonoma last time we were split. Right. I was in Ocala. You were out there. Uh, so this time you get to go do uh, the jambalaya and all that good stuff in New Orleans. I get to go uh, uh, have some good... Uh, in and out. Uh, in and out. <laughs> along with uh, Angelo's next oh, to uh, Sonoma. That's right. So folks, that's uh, <laughs> those are the next four events that we'll have EKN Trackside Live. Every one of those those events, as you know, we'll do the debrief going in. We'll do the outlap, outlap going in, uh, outlap going in debrief <laughs> at the end, the face-to-face with the winners. we got lots of content coming for these. Social media updates throughout the weekend on both of the the, 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 uh, the events, live trackside, play-by-play. It'll be myself at NOLA. It'll be Tim Chappie Chapman out at, uh, out at Sonoma uh, for and the Challenge Cal Race. And Cal, yeah, he'll be at CalSpeed as well. So anyways, David, lots of racing coming over the next couple of weeks. And once I do head down for the Winter Nats, it'll be four months south. So looking forward to uh, getting at it and uh, getting back to, to, to being trackside. Yeah, I think April is going to be your busiest time where I think the, the, the sport of karting is going to kind of take a breath and and get uh, kind of reloaded because it's going to be it's been a it already is and, and will be a busy winter. That's very true, David. Yeah, we'll wrap things up there at the end of March, April, kind of taking the time off, as you said, and then uh, and then me jumping into what will then be the Road to Indy Spring Training, IndyCar and Road to Indy at Barber Motorsports Park and the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. A lot of a lot of karting drivers who have graduated into the road dandy if you're obviously the karting community a lot of people to uh to be cheering on on the road dandy here in 2021 david let's wrap things up right now that'll cap off this edition of the EKND and thank you so much for joining us great season for the supercarts usa winter series drivers all that precursor training to set to go for the 2021 Scusa Pro Tour. Hope you enjoyed this broadcast, folks. Again, have a look tomorrow on uh, Wednesday as we'll have uh, Chase Hand and Ryan Norberg, our face-to-face show to cap off our coverage of the Scusa Winter Series. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>